0: Again, good morning. It is great to be with you, and uh, my name's Andy. If we've not met before, uh, I'm part of the pastoral team here, and it's a joy to be sharing with you. Um, Welcome again to those of you on the live stream. Uh, I hope you are well, and uh, it is great that you're able to join us as well. So uh, if if this is your first Sunday, I'll just give you a little introduction to what we've been doing Um, Or if you've missed a couple of Sundays, no judgment. uh, But um, I'll just let you know about where we kind of are uh, in what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. We have been taking the time to talk uh, through a few different things to help us settle into this new-to-us space. Um, um, And then after we've done that, we're gonna celebrate Easter together, which would be great. And then we'll pick up our, our sermon series on the Gospel of Mark after that. But for a long time... Uh, we, as a church community, have embraced three things. We call them the three things we do, and we've given ourselves to those three things. They're kind of broad categories that encompass a lot of different things, but they summarize a lot of who we are and what we feel uh, uh, we're called to, what God has asked us to be and to do as a church family. And those three things are spiritual formation, community, or family, and then city and global impact, or formation, community, and impact. And they all work together, they can't be isolated from one another. Formation in community leads to impact that goes far beyond us. And now that we're in this space, we have a chance to want to spend some time to remember who we are and what we feel we're called to do, uh, but to see it with some fresh eyes uh, and with some renewed vision. And it's also a chance to let the Spirit of God plant new dreams in our hearts about things he has for us in the future that we couldn't have done without this new to us space. And again, if you're new here, you're so welcome and it's gonna give you hopefully a feel of who we are and what we've always been reaching for. If you're not new, it's a reminder of all of that as we step into a new chapter. So last week we talked about formation and if you missed that, you can catch up on the podcast and the website. Uh, And today I wanna talk about community and I know it's a broad Category, but I want to talk about why we value it and and why we give ourselves to it and a few things that have just been really key in our story and a few things that I think are going to be key in our story moving forward, things that we value deeply, that we have a chance in this moment to recommit to and to see where God wants to take us. But first I want to talk about what does the story of God tell us about community? Well, theologically, we know that the triune God that we worship, God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is in community. Uh, Dallas Willard says it like this. I hope you've had a cup of coffee. Uh, The Trinity is a self-sufficing community of unspeakably magnificent personal beings of boundless love, knowledge, and power. God's aim in human history is the creation of an inclusive community of loving persons with himself included as its primary sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is in community, and God invites us into his community through faith in Jesus. If you search the scriptures, the Old Testament reveals God creating man in his own likeness, and we see this in Genesis chapter 1. We are image bearers, and that means a lot of different things, but one of the things it means is that we have the same desire and capacity for community because we bear the image of God. God, who is himself in community and invites us into community, we are his image bearers. Part of what that means is the desire and a capacity for community, and somewhere deep inside each of us, even with hopeless introverts like myself, there is a longing for community because we bear the image of God. Again, in Genesis, we see God speaking over Adam, saying it is not good for man to be alone. He's not complete without Eve. We're made for community, we're made for one another, and we're made to be with God. In the rest of the Old Testament, we see God always calling the people to be with him, or he wants to take up residence within a community of people but not just as like a crowd of individuals. God organizes and calls people into tribes and families, and they all gather around him, and a nation, his people is formed, and he teaches them the law. He gives them the law to help them live in community well, and gather them with him at the center. In the New Testament, what does Jesus do? He gathers, a family of disciples, friends, apprentices around himself. When Jesus comes to heal and change the world, he gathers people into community around him. And today, Jesus is still gathering people around him in communities large and small all over the world. Tim Mackey says it this way, God's plan was always to have a huge family of restored human beings unified under Jesus the Messiah. Part of knowing and loving Jesus is following him, and part of, it is, a part of that is doing that in community with other people. And most of the letters that we have in the New Testament were written to communities gathered together trying to follow Jesus together, and that's really important. The New Testament doesn't really have a category for following Jesus outside of community. But before we get all happy-clappy and all that about that, frequently, if you've read those letters in the New Testament, you know that frequently those letters were addressing problems and pain in those church communities. It was never perfect or without trial or difficulty. And that has always impacted me that I can't wait until it's perfect this side of heaven, it's going to be really good, but it's probably not going to be perfect. So, why don't we just get honest for a bit? This is a really hard talk to give, um, as I've wrestled with it over the last couple of weeks, because the truth is, I think we do pretty well at formation as a church, and we, by God's grace, have punched above our weight in terms of impact. But for me, community's always been the hardest. For lots of different reasons, which I'll go into in just a second. And now I'm not saying that we've been terrible at it or anything like that, and I'm not trying to scold anybody or make anybody feel bad or anything like that. I'm saying it's just been hard. It's just been hard. Partly it's been hard because of the way the world is right now. Uh, If you think about technology and pace of life, and what directions that those things alone push us, they push us towards isolation, don't they? And all of that is just tough to overcome when, when the momentum is going one way in culture and society. That's just hard to overcome. Not to mention a global pandemic that lasted a few years that we haven't really worked through the effects of, particularly if you think about it for a second, the effects of something that happened to us that none of us were expecting, and it kind of happened overnight, but it meant that connecting with people like we normally did or were used to and loved doing, that was all of a sudden then a threat to our health. Like we're probably not on, unpacked all of the stuff that formed us in the midst of that, and then we had to wear masks and all that stuff, and that's That's worked against us a little bit. Another reason why it's been hard over the years and is hard is community isn't convenient. It takes perseverance and risk. It can be awkward sometimes, lots of times. It won't solve all of your problems instantly. It can be really hard to step into a context with new people or to continually welcome new people and open our hearts to them to make space for them. It can be hard to keep showing up for community when circumstances or conflict make that hard, or just simply the times when you know, the clocks change, you've had a fight with your spouse or something, and you're wondering, do I still love Jesus and I'm pretty sure I don't even like people? You know, It's just one of those, you know, it's just hard sometimes, right? So if you feel isolated, or it's just hard, or if you're new and you're here to find out if this community has space for you, well, the first thing I would say is it does have space for you, it does. And well done, all of you, for being brave. Whether you're new or things are just hard and you've been hurt, well done for being brave. And yes, this community has space for you. The family of Jesus has space for you. I believe community is vital. I believe it's formational. I believe it's life changing over time. I believe it can lead to deep spiritual friendships and encounters with Jesus. I believe the community can keep us following on the way of Jesus. You know, my testimony is every time our church has changed or grown or both, I found myself in that place of having to open my heart again to community and to more and more people. And I've found that hard at times. But every time that's happened and I've done that, I've found that I've gained things from Jesus and I've had lifelong friends like brought into my life. Opening our hearts is hard work. We need to be honest about that. And many of us have been hurt or are hurt. I've been hurt in church many times. But I've always found comfort in a quote. Now, this quote should come with a health warning. It's a bracing quote from C.S. Lewis, who is a good Belfast boy. And this quote has continually over the years, I first encountered this when I was 18. C.S. Lewis says this, there is no safe investment. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one. And that quote has pointed me over and over and over again towards Jesus and to think about him and to meditate upon him who did not hold his love back from us but made himself vulnerable even unto death so we could be welcomed into his kingdom community and his father's house. And what if the challenge and pain of community at times is a way for us to learn to love like he does. One of the unexpected blessings, and it's a blessing that at times can be really hard to see. One of the unexpected, hard-to-see blessings of community is that it's formational. Giving ourselves to the rhythms of community shapes us. Stepping out of those rhythms shapes us. And in community, even the hard parts of community, we learn to love like Jesus, and to receive his love, and to receive his love through other people, even unexpected people. And that's a really narrow road, but it's a life and world changing road. Community's also been hard, because of what we had, have had to work with. We always just had borrowed or rented spaces spread across the city and beyond, no permanent home of our own. Uh, we had to set the thing up and take the thing down uh, in order to have people in and to actually do church uh, together. Uh, we just could never put roots down and, and be creative and things like that, and now that's changing. And we don't put all our hope in this building, but it's gonna be helpful And it will certainly be that way when it comes to community. It's gonna unlock some things for us. So here's a few things that have been key in our story, that we value deeply, that we have a chance in this moment to recommit to and see where God wants to take us to. And the first one's rest, it's rest. Community isn't always formed in moments of purpose or intensity. We need fun and we need rest. One of my dreams is, is that we all find real rest here in this place. And it's been such a joy to watch all of you, even in just a few short weeks we've been in here doing church. Just you can see there's a decrease in the work and the stress. And for us, for a long time, there was a lot of work just to make normal church things happen. And to your eternal credit, you did it joyfully. And you did it, well I didn't really do it joyfully, you did it joyfully. <laughs> and you did it for a long time, but it's taken its toll and I think we need in our experiencing the gift of rest from the Lord and it's healing for us and it's going to help us reach for community again with strength. Because building, in, building community and relationships through events is different Than the kind of community you can build in a home. There's nothing wrong with events. We need to keep doing them, and we're going to keep doing them. But now we have a home to be rooted in and at-home in and find rest, but also make space for others to find rest. And we are living in a time that's like an epidemic of anxiety and fear and if you just read or listen to podcasts particularly about folks uh, 30 and younger there's just overwhelming waves of anxiety and fear like just in ways that someone who is newly minted 48 years old just does not understand and I just don't think it's a coincidence that the Lord has brought us to a place of peace and rest, where we can rest but also invite others into the rest and love of God. And to have a space that is a true sanctuary. And is one of the things, um, I just wanna ask us, like this place I'm praying is, a is a place of rest for you. But do you have rest in the rest of your life? And we talk a lot about Sabbath and rhythms and things like that. And this place is great and it is deeply peaceful and quiet and wonderful to be in and you can sense and feel the love of God in it and all that stuff. What if it wasn't just I come on Sunday and get a little jolt of that? What if we had extra rhythms like Sabbath rest in our lives? And if you don't know what Sabbath is and and you you don't really, if you've never really had anybody take you by the hand and help you follow Jesus, things like prayer, Sabbath, rest, uh, reading the scriptures and receiving from Jesus and that and building a really life-changing relationship with Jesus and encounters with him, um, we're gonna be getting, after Easter, a course that we do regularly here called the Following Jesus Course, and it's designed to help us follow Jesus, hence the title. Uh, I, I lead it along with Sarah Crawford, and it's simply uh, for folks who, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, but you've never had anybody show you how, and, and you have just like, I don't even, I've been kind of winging this for like the last decade, and, or it's for people who are brand new to following Jesus, how do I actually, do? I've never had anybody show me what to actually do and we come together in community and we talk about those things over a number of weeks and we practice following Jesus together. So you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. If you're interested in that uh, right now, come talk to me after service. I'd love to sign you up for that, but we're starting up uh, after Easter. Some other things, another dream of mine for community is that this space um, is known for and used for fun, celebration, and joy. And I just think that's a discipline that I need to lean into and probably we need to lean into given the, the intensity of the years that we've had. And I mean big moments of celebration like all church parties and big church milestones and like weddings within our church family and what a joy to think we have a space where lots of people can get married. Our children one day will get married here. Isn't that wonderful to think about? It's, it's bittersweet Um, But we even have a space for those deeply painful moments where we're celebrating together the life of a loved one who has gone on to be with Jesus We now have a space of our own where that can happen all those moments like that up to now have had to be in rented or unfamiliar spaces, but now can be here in a home I'm also dreaming about other moments of joy that bring, build community and belonging. Time to linger in conversation over coffee, space to run youth clubs and kids programs that are about laughter and joy and play, barbecues and games on our own grounds, running late into summer nights five-a-side and volleyball and badminton and choirs and homework clubs and cookery groups and dance groups and board game nights and who knows what else the Lord is speaking to you about events where community is formed in the joy of pursuing a passion together let's do all of those things and more and let's let the Lord build community around it but not just for us you know, there's strong evidence in the Gospels, if you read them, that Jesus liked himself a party, and he set himself regularly up as the center of parties, and meals, and fun. And it's clear that everyone, not just the right kinds of people, and his best mates were there. Lots of people were there, lots of different people, even Surprising people people like Pharisees who were his enemies and were against him They just keep turning up or even inviting him to meals and parties Also people who at first glance appeared really far away from God prostitutes tax collectors sinners Along with his own disciples. They're all there too all the time Gathered around Jesus at parties meals things like that Let's be known for celebrating Let's also be like Jesus who opened his life and celebration and parties to all sorts of people so they might come into new life in his kingdom. And I'm praying that so many people meet Jesus and his family through invitation into fun and celebration and parties and groups and events and clubs and sports and shenanigans that happen here. Things that are fun. That builds Friendship and community, but also that the Lord uses to call people into His family and life with Him. And in, a, in the midst of a world that is lonely and dark and bleak and anxiety and fear driven for many, what if this place became known as the party place? And what if we became known as the fun people? And I know what you're thinking, those of you who've been here for a long time. That, um, that I have some work to do in that department. And uh, I would be probably chief of sinners on taking life and things too seriously. But if I commit to it, will you commit to it? And what if the wind of the Spirit is upon it? And helped us strengthen community amongst us but also invite many from all walks of life into community and faith through celebration and fun. So I'm just gonna pray for us on that one because I need some prayer on that. Holy Spirit, would you stir us up in this department and I repent for being too serious and not having enough fun and Lord, we want this to be a house of fun and we repent where it It's just, it hasn't been. So we ask that you would lead us into all sorts of crazy things that are fun and honor your name and that you work and you heal us through and you heal lots of people through. And we pray that as people walk up and down this road, they would be like, that's where the fun people are. I can't wait till the next thing that they do. Why are they so fun? So, Lord, this is uncharted territory. Lead us, lead us on. All right, we gotta get moving. Well, careful, careful what you wish for. Let's talk about serving together and showing hospitality. We do need to rest and we do need to celebrate. We do need to have fun. I'm not about to just change all that. Um, I don't want to come into this space and enjoy it for a few weeks and then start cracking the whip and it's work, 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 work. So don't hear me saying that. But we also can't just rest, right? Like that moment on a holiday when you're like, I gotta go home. I just can't lie on the beach for one more day. And I know on a day like this, you're like, I think I might be able to. But anyway, we have a mission and purpose from Jesus, and deep, formational, life-changing community is regularly formed when people come together in Jesus' name to do something together for the kingdom's sake. And one of the ways we find community is serving together. And again, that doesn't mean we break ourselves, but a powerful way of being, becoming known and seen is by giving ourselves away for something bigger than us. And we need the parts of community that have no point other than rest and fun. We also need the parts of community that galvanize us together because something is at stake that must be accomplished. And so we should serve. We should serve on teams for the sake of our formation and for the sake of deep community. One of my observations over the years is that when this is functioning well, it has like a dual effect. When I serve alongside you, communities formed in the teams that we're on together because we get to know each other and the teams get to know each other and you feel seen and you make a contribution together and it sets up further relationship uh, in the team and it's like a tribe is formed together. But then the actual doing of the thing, whether that's the hospitality team or the worship team or the youth team or the kids team or whatever it is, that also creates community for more people because you're actually doing something that gathers more and more people in. It becomes this virtuous circle. And I would just wonder if you would consider that and find a way to do that and find a way to find a tribe. And if you're looking for a way to serve and find a tribe in that way, we can help. And back at the welcome desk, they'll be able to get you signed up. For, Look, I'm interested in serving. We'll get, you, we'll get you serving, or you can speak to me after. Uh, but more than just serving, this building in this moment is a renewed opportunity for us to commit all over again to not just serving, but hosting and hospitality. And Alan's been reminding us Uh, that hospitality is not just a nice welcome, but sacrifices to create places where people feel seen and received as a gift from God. And that's how the early church understood hospitality. They believed wholeheartedly that they received Jesus when they welcomed a stranger. Uh, uh, If you look at Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 2, It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. The early church believed that they fed Jesus when they set a meal in front of a guest wasn't a token gesture, an obligation, it was willing, it was costly, it was a heart engagement, and it was an overflow of a realization that they themselves had been received by Jesus, they'd been welcomed by him and embraced into his family, in spite of their brokenness and their sin, uh, they were received and received uh, as someone bringing something unique to the table, and so the stranger in front of them deserved exactly the same as they got, and that is still true. And it means we aren't just here for us and for what we can get. We're here to lay down our lives for the stranger, the neighbor, the newcomer, the vulnerable, and yes, certainly our friends. And it's right to want that in return for us to be known and to be seen. But it is also right to remember that the church is a huge, diverse family unified under Jesus the Messiah, and it's centered around him and not me. And Jesus How he operates is he laid down his life for us while we were still yet sinners. And he shows mercy and compassion. He gives hope and healing. He is a place of refuge and rest, and he brings people into families and communities and tribes, and he will build this family as well. And we need to follow his way, the way of Jesus in this, and we need to do what he did, lay down our lives for others. And that is a deep biblical reason to serve and to practice hospitality and to embrace community. So we need to rest and enjoy what we have, but let's also truly find life by giving our lives away for one another and for those the Lord is bringing who need us to serve, and to, who need us to see them and to welcome them and to make space for them and to receive them just as Jesus received us. And this is really costly, this is really hard but we don't want to hold this place tightly just for our own use and enjoyment. We want to give it and give ourselves back to the Lord as an offering that he might use it and us to bring him glory and to be a refuge and a home for many. So we're giving this space back to him in a sense, just as Hannah gave Samuel, who she prayed for, for many, many years. And the Lord answered her prayer and gave her a child. And she gave that child back to the Lord. And he was raised in the temple, in the service of the Lord. We are, we've prayed for this place for a long time. And now we have it. And in this way, and in many other ways, we are gonna give it back to the Lord. We're gonna enjoy it, but we are gonna give it away. So where is the Lord asking you to throw the party instead of just coming along to the party? To lead and to serve and to bear weight in an area, to give generously so new initiatives can happen. How might the sensory room, men's ministry, women's ministry, kids, youth, sports, Sundays, all the things that Jesus is placing into our hearts be used to show true hospitality? How can we practice that today in our lives and hearts, and our attention? How might we give this place back to the Lord in worship through hospitality? It might mean serving, and hosting, being hospitable. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to your lives and hearts in this area. If you have big dreams and big ideas, let's talk about that. The last thing I wanna talk about is worship and encountering the Spirit. And for those of you who were here last week, you're probably like Andy, I think you mentioned that last week. Are you re-preaching last week's sermon? And I, I'm gonna try not to. Um, I do wanna mention some things about this. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that's what we all want from community, right? We wanna feel love, we wanna be spurred on, we wanna be encouraged to love and good deeds, we wanna be part of good deeds, and, and we want all that. That sounds really good, right? That's what we want from community. That's experience we want from a commu- encouragement, a tribe helping us, us helping a tribe, community at its best. Well, Hebrews 10:25 tells us the how. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Investing in community gathered around Jesus and not giving up on that. Is how you do the spurring one another on. See, something happens when we gather together. When we gather together around Jesus in all sorts of ways, but one of the most potent ways is when we worship together and when we encounter the Spirit together. And in the early days of the Vineyard, this was understood really well. And some of you know I've been doing a bit of a deep dive on our history and getting slightly obsessed with it. and and going back and thinking about it because I think the Lord has something from the early days of our movement of churches that is live and local for us here right now. Something happens when we worship together and we bring our sacrifice of praise and God by his spirit visits us. Something happens to us. And one of the things that happens is the spirit draws us together in unity and does what a hundred potlucks could never do book of Ephesians uh, talks about the church as a temple and each follower of Jesus is like each of us is a living stone in that living temple with Jesus as the chief cornerstone and it's all held together by the Spirit. When we gather and worship or we wait on the, on the Holy Spirit together, God by His Spirit draws us together in unity. You see that in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22. In Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. That's something incredibly important as we think about community. Community. We can have great pastoral care, we can throw great parties, we can have a lot of creative events and life groups, and we need to do all that and more. But nothing replaces or can do as much as when we come together, bring our sacrifice of praise, or celebrate the lord's supper together or stand like we will in a moment and invite the holy spirit to hover over us to draw us deep into god's love for him to pour out his gifts and love upon us together and to draw us together in deep unity that's why gathered worship and waiting together on a spirit is so important because in those moments jesus by his spirit builds his church together In the early days, uh, when I was a very young man, I was learning about all this stuff and I was hanging out with my spiritual father, Steve Nicholson, who uh, has been here and preached a few times. And um, he's the wisest man in the vineyard. And uh, I was, you know, in those, my stages, I was bored with worship. I thought it was like a prelude to a good sermon. And, you know, keep it short and let's get into the real thing that we're here for. And so that was kind of where I was at and I was, given out to him a bit, like, this is really boring. Why do we worship for so long? Like, oh my gosh, come on, let's get to it, you know? And he just looked at me um, (laughs) with kindness and some exasperation, and he just said, well, we, we worship so long because if we skipped over that, we'd be missing the best part because that's when the giver comes and gives his gifts and binds us together. You know, in the early days of the vineyard, there was often queues for an hour to get in for worship, because people couldn't wait. And what if we did all we could to invest in and build community, but also as we occupied this new-to-us space, also made time to bring our sacrifice of praise and allow Jesus to to come and visit us and graft us in and unify us and to build community His way. So let us not give up meeting together. Why don't you stand? And rather than me talk about this anymore, why don't we invite the Spirit to do this? If you're new, we try and make space every week to wait on the Spirit and then pray for one another. And the truth is, is we believe that Jesus is risen, ruling and reigning, he's alive, Um, and he loves to visit and minister and gives gifts to his church, and he often encounters us um, by his spirit when we're gathering before him, like this. And we're not gonna make you do anything, it's, you know, um, we're just gonna be quiet and wait upon him and we're not looking for anything in particular or I don't need anybody to do anything or something like that. We just really want to give him space to knit us together and to give his gifts. And some of us need a lot of things. Some of us need healing. Some of us need renewed vision. Some of us need hope. Some of us need resources. Some of us need a word from the Lord. And he will be bringing his gifts calling us into his service and knitting us together. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you bind us together in unity? We want to be a place where real community happens. And we just confess the places where we haven't helped that. But we also confess where we've just been wounded. And we just ask, Lord, would you heal us? And before we can go for it again in community, we know we need to be healed. Holy Spirit, would you come? Bring your gifts. Bring your unity. The kind of unity of heaven where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are united in an eternal dance of love. Would we have a foretaste of heaven Would we have that kind of unity begin to break out? Not where we push problems under the carpet, but real unity. Come, Lord. Would you begin to draw people in? Where we feel like we're on the fringes, would you, by your spirit, help move us in? Where we feel at the center, but we can't see the fringes, would you show us people that need brought in? Would you lay burdens? Would you release the pastors, Lord? Would you release pastoral gifts to gather people in? Would you release gifts of evangelism across the room to gather the harvest in? Pray over people who need healing that one of the obstacles to community is they're not well. So for those watching online in that situation or not even able to watch online or who are in the room, would your healing power come, Lord Jesus, and overshadow those? So we speak to bodies and to minds. Say, be healed in Jesus' name. Chronic pain, leave in Jesus' name. those who are broken in spirit. Holy Spirit, would you pour out the love of the Father directly into our hearts, and may we rest. Would your rest come? May we rest in the deep love of God. The Lord's presence is here. Some of us are experiencing it in different ways. It's like a weight. If you can feel it almost in the silence. So Lord, release your love and mercy on a way in a way in which we've never known. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Rejoice in the mercy of Jesus. If you're in a hard place due to illness or isolation or you've opened your heart and you got hurt or you are hurt we want to pray for you and the community wants to gather around you if you're one of these people where you've been broken in spirit and you need the rest and the love of god and you're just drinking that in right now then keep drinking that in and we also want to pray for you had a sense that um, some of you are party people And you like to go to them and you know how to throw them. And you're actually called to gather people. And you're called to do that here. And we want to pray for you and fan that gift into flame. You have a new idea or a new thing you want to do. We want to pray for you. Others of you, you're like me. And due to a variety of circumstances, you've just been too serious. And you need somebody to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Others of us, we've just neglected community, especially worship, and we know we need to be in the presence of the Spirit, and during worship, and during this short ministry time that we've been doing, you have felt like almost like a thawing out. I just believe it's the Lord thawing you out and beckoning you to be in the presence of His Spirit. I wanna invite the prayer ministry team up forward. You can start coming now. People are in our church who are trained to pray. Many of you are still experiencing the Spirit as we've waited on Him. That's wonderful. You can keep doing that. We do need to collect our children and come in for a landing here. Lord, help us. Help us. Continue to unite us. Minister to us. We bless your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.